Our text today is in Luke chapter 9, Luke's gospel chapter 9. As we continue thinking about the things that Jesus said, <coughs> Luke chapter 9. <coughs> it was over 20 years ago that our family took a trip to Norway. My father was still alive and he went with us to be our interpreter. And our plan was to visit some family and see the old homesteads that we'd heard so much about. But going to a country where you can't speak the language has some challenges. We uh, landed at the airport and rented a car. And as we pulled out of the airport, I realized I couldn't read the road sign. I didn't know whether to go right or left. <laughs> we stopped at a convenience store to buy some drinks, and we were walking around talking English to each other, and the young girl behind the counter spoke to us in English. And I said to her, I'm so glad you speak English. And she said to me, well, you don't. And I was a little surprised by that. And then she said, you speak American. And I said, well, I guess that's true. We are from America. But then I said, you sound just like me. And she said, I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> but having an American identity was not very useful in Norway. Uh, quite a few times when people heard we were from America, the Norwegians spoke up and said, here in Norway, we have a higher standard of living than you do in America. And they were quite proud to tell us that. Uh, so we got along as best we could. And for the most part, people didn't know who we were. We went to the local church on Sunday in the nearby town where our family came from. And nobody knew us. And after the church service, we went out to the cemetery by the church. And we found the grave of my great-grandfather and great-grandmother. And as we were... Looking at the grave, a man and wife came up and said, are these people uh, on the gravestone your family? We said, yes, and I'm a great-grandparent. And they said, you must be Cooksness. In Norway, uh, your last name is the farm where you live. And the farm where my father grew up was named Cooksness. And so... We said, yes, we're from Cuxness. And they said, oh, how nice the Cuxness boys are here. Why don't you come home to lunch with us? And they took us home to lunch. You see, my grandfather took the name Olsen only after he came to America. So in Norway, the name Olsen has no meaning, no reference. And so when I said, hi, I'm Eric Olsen, that had no meaning. But when they found out we were from Cuxness, that gave us an identity. And now they knew who we were. In our text today, we see Jesus as he deals with an identity crisis. He was preaching and teaching, doing miracles all across Galilee. Because he had lived for 30 years in total obscurity, completely unknown in Nazareth, nobody knew who he was. He never went to a rabbi's school. He never joined the Pharisees. He was not connected with any political party like the Sadducees. 
So nobody knew who he was. And one day, Jesus addresses the question of his own identity. Luke chapter 9, now I begin reading at verse number 18. And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him. And he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? And they answering said, John the Baptist. But some say, Elijah. Others say that it was one of the old prophets is risen again. And he said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Peter answering said, The Christ of God. And he straightly charged and commanded them to tell no man anything. As Jesus asked this most important question, Who do people say that I am? The disciples give him three answers. The first one is some people think you're John the Baptist risen from the dead. Now, John the Baptist had made a great impression on people, wearing camel skins, eating locusts and honey, baptizing people in the Jordan River. But Herod had cut off his head and John the Baptist was dead. So some people said Jesus is just John the Baptist risen from the dead. Now, of all the ideas people had about Jesus, that one showed that these people really weren't good listeners. They didn't grasp the fact. John the Baptist did two things continually. First, he said, repent and be baptized. And secondly, he said, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to untie. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So if you were listening to John's sermons, you know he always spoke of someone who is about to arise. But if you don't really listen to the sermon, if you don't pay attention, if you don't take John's preaching seriously, and I suppose you could come to the uninformed conclusion that Jesus was John the Baptist risen from the dead. And it's just like today. Some people don't listen to sermons. They just have their own ideas, maybe wrong ideas about Jesus. Now other people thought that Jesus was the prophet Elijah. At least they had a reason the prophet Malachi said, before the great day of the Lord, Elijah will come. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. At least they had a Bible verse that they could go by. Of course, Elijah was a wild man who came from the mountains who wore animal skins like John the Baptist. Elijah defied the king like John the Baptist. The point of Malachi was someone will come before Messiah who acts like Elijah. No, Jesus wasn't Elijah. Other people made a wild guess. He must be some prophet risen from the dead. They didn't know who he was. No problem Everybody was wrong. Nobody seemed to know who Jesus was. So Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you think I am? And Peter answers for the group, You're the Christ. 
You're the anointed one. You're the Messiah sent by God. And the disciples got it right. That's who he was. But, but, do you really know who Jesus is? And Jesus tells them about who he really is in verse 22, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Jesus said, if you really want to know who I am, I'm going to be despised. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to suffer. And they're going to kill me. But I will rise again on the third day. That's what's going to happen to me. That will forever define who I am. You see, my friends, most people thought the Messiah would come, take over the government, and overthrow the Roman invaders. And they wanted a Jewish king to lead them to victory over Rome. But nobody thought the Messiah would be rejected and suffer and die. So people were prepared to follow a Messiah who would lead a rebellion against Rome. But Jesus is about to explain what it will take to follow him. Now, my friends, these words are very hard words. But they are also very powerful words. And of all the words that Jesus said, I would say personally these words have had the most profound effect on my life. The ones we're about to look at. So here we go, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. It's almost casual. Jesus says, If you want to, if you decide, you decide, what do you want to do? If you decide you want to follow me, then first, you must deny yourself. Secondly, take up your cross daily. Then come on, let's go. Come follow me. So let's think about this. What does Jesus mean when he says to deny yourself? What does that mean? You remember that Peter, on the night before Jesus was crucified, denied Jesus three times. Jesus told Peter before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Remember what Peter said when he denied Jesus? The people there said to Peter, you're one of Jesus' followers. And Peter said, I don't even know the man. I don't know who he is. I don't know him. And that's how Peter denied Jesus. So when Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. He means this. Take a look in the mirror 
and say, who's that? I don't know you. You see, my friends, there's one thing in life. There are things in life that you want, things that you like, personal choices that you make. A little voice inside you that says, I want to do this, or I like to do that. And Jesus says, say to that little voice, I can't hear you. I don't know what you want. Now, why would you say that to yourself? Because I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to do whatever God tells me to do. So I'm deaf to the little voice that says, wait a minute, do things my way. Because God's voice says, come, follow me and let's do it my way. Isn't that exactly what Jesus himself did? Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And so if you can pray that way, you'll be just like Jesus. Then Jesus says, take up your cross daily, which is also exactly what Jesus did. He picked up that cross and he carried it out to Calvary and they crucified him on that cross and it was painful and he suffered. But he didn't complain. Jesus says there's something in your life, something difficult, some trial that you face, it's in your life. Don't whine and complain about it, he said. Pick it up and carry it every day. What does Jesus mean when he says pick up your cross? We all have something in our life. Sometimes it's a disease or a sickness or a deterioration. And Jesus said, don't complain. Pick it up and carry it. Sometimes it's loss. We've lost someone that we love very much. And they died and we miss them. And Jesus says, pick it up carry it, and don't complain. Sometimes we may have a difficult relationship. Someone who we find it very difficult to get along with. And Jesus says, do your best, pick it up, carry it every day, and don't complain. Sometimes we find ourselves short of money. It's difficult to make ends meet. Jesus says, pick it up and carry it and don't complain about it. So what does this cross-carrying do for you? When life is hard because of sickness, because of loss, because of strained relationships, or because of poverty, we're going to trust God to help us, trust God to get us through, trust God to carry our burdens, and not complain about it day after day. 
You want to do God's will and not your own. So Jesus says, come on, follow me. Don't get discouraged. After all, look what happened to me. I suffered. I had pain. I was crucified. I died. But, but, I rose from the dead. I got my life back because I did the will of my Father. Verse 24. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. If you say, I'm going to do what I want, I'm going to work out my own plans, do what I want to do, your plans will not work out in the end. But if you say, I'm going to do God's will, then God will give you a purpose and a meaning, a reason for living. When you do God's will, you'll really live life to its fullest potential. Verse 25, For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? What good is a big house and a bank full of money and fame and fortune if you miss the reason for living? The Bible says you can't take it with you. You come into this world empty-handed and you leave empty-handed. What you can take with you is your faith and your love and your service for God. Putting all your energy into other things, the Bible says it's like grabbing a handful of wind. <coughs> what do you got? You grabbed a handful of wind. You got nothing. Verse 26. Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Some people will say, look, this Jesus stuff, you don't need it. It's a waste of time. Why bother? It, Enjoy your life and do what you want. But you're going to answer, no. This Jesus stuff gives my life meaning. I follow him. I'm not ashamed to say so. My identity comes from Jesus. I do what he wants. I deal with life difficulties and I don't complain after all, my leader suffered and bled and died. I will suffer with him, but I'll also reign with him. So it's all wonderful. He's my example. I'll follow in his footsteps. So my friend, the question Jesus asked is still very relevant today. Who do you think Jesus is. Some people think he's a genie who gives you three wishes. Or is he the commander in chief who leads his army? Is he a man who just did nice things? Or is he the savior of the world who died for every one of us? 
Will you look in the mirror and say, I don't know you. I don't care what you want. I'm going to do God's will. Jesus asked you today, do you want to follow me? Let's answer with a resounding yes. I'm going to follow Jesus. My friends, there was a time in my life when I didn't attend church. And God came after me. I couldn't sleep at night, night after night. So one night I finally said, okay, okay, I'll go back to church. But I still couldn't sleep. And so finally... I said, okay, I'll go back to church and I'll lead a choir. And then I had peace. I went in and went right to sleep. Two weeks later, I walked into a church and they were handing out papers. Tell us what your gift is. First time I was ever there, I wrote on the paper, I'm Eric Olson, I'm here to lead the choir. And they said, sorry, we don't have a choir. <laughs> I said, well, I'm here to start one then. And one day, a few years later, somebody asked me if I would teach a Sunday school class. Well, I hesitated quite a bit. But I agreed, and I began to teach. And I found that a lot of people were helped by that. And so I started Bible studies. And eventually, that led to a Bible study right in my own house. And that Bible study grew into the East Shelby Church. But all along the way, those words kept playing over and over in my head. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. See, I didn't want to go back to church. But God said, go. And I didn't want to lead a choir. But God said, sing. I didn't want to teach a class. But God said, start talking. And I certainly didn't want to be a pastor. But God said, preach. And don't think trials don't come. They do. You have to take up your cross. I got cancer, but I didn't complain. I picked up my cross and kept going. So Jesus' words were true and faithful. I followed him, and he led me in the right path. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. Come on, follow me. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. For the wisdom of Jesus as he taught us how to follow him. I thank you he did it right so that when we embrace his things, we come out just the way we should. So we ask you to help us each one to say not what I want, but what God wants. That's what's going to run my life. I thank you for teaching us these things, making it clear to us so that we We'll know how to follow you in the best way. 
and bless these people because they're here today and have listened, opened their hearts to know these things on a personal basis, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn your hymn books, if you will, hymn number 262, it's an old hymn 262, where he leads me, I will follow. Hymn number 262, where he leads me, I will follow. Standing as we sing, 262. I can hear my Savior calling, I can hear my Savior calling, I can hear my Savior calling, take thy cross and follow, follow me, where he leads me I will follow. Bless these people because they've been here with us today and open up every heart 
we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.